Charlia. Welcome to Good Luck Charlie. Just like you, I'm on the journey of self-discovery and am daily trying to learn what it means to find balance, create lifelong friendships, chase my dreams and invest in my future. So here's what I'm learning and loving on this crazy path of life. I'm so glad you decided to join me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. It is Talia, and wherever you are coming from today, wherever you are while you're listening to this, I hope that you are doing okay. I hope that this little next hour or 45 minutes or so can be encouraging and uplifting wherever you are in your day, in your week, in your life. I am super excited for this episode. So welcome. If you are new here, I you might have come from UQ, you might have come from the wonderful Sarah. And if that's the case, I hope your uni is going okay. I hope your year has started out okay. And welcome. I hope this can give you some advice. But otherwise, welcome back. Thank you for coming here again. I'm glad you're not too sick of my voice yet. I am super excited for today's conversation. It is for anyone who is slightly unsure about anything in their future. So I think that means it's for everybody. And I've interviewed the wonderful Sarah Henderson, UQ career advisor, and she is amazing. And every ounce of this podcast is filled with encouragement and inspiration and wisdom. So I know I left this conversation feeling uplifted and inspired, and I sincerely hope you all do as well. So with that, I'll just jump straight in and let your ears be filled with wisdom. But thank you for being being here. I hope you're doing okay and I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much to Sarah. Hello, it's Tally Really. Hi, this is Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for giving me a call. No worries at all. No worries at all. Well, thank you so, so much for being willing to chat today. I've been looking forward to it basically since we organized it. I was like, this is going to be a cool conversation. And that's basically what it will just be, a conversation. And I have a few questions, but by the way that we managed to chat last time, I feel like it'll just happen pretty naturally. Well, usually with my guests, I start with asking them how they got to where they are today and why they do the job that they do. But with you, Sarah, it's a little bit different because I'm not actually interviewing you necessarily about what the life of a career advisor is like, but I'm more so picking your brain about all the bits of advice and the wisdom that you pass on to your clients. Do you call them clients, the students? Yeah, I normally use students, but I guess careers advisors all over call them different things. Clients, but yeah. yeah. So we use generally say students because we're in an education environment. So That makes yeah. sense. So I'm instead going to ask, just for a little self-intro, which I know is hard when you're put on the spot, what you forget everything about yourself, but just a little bit of an intro about who you are and why are you passionate about the job you do and getting to help people through advising them? Cool. Um, so my name's Sarah Henderson. I'm a careers services advisor at um, the University of Queensland in the Business, Economics and Law Faculty. Um, I've been sort of in the careers space sort of since about 2013 when I originally got a a casual job at my university career centre doing business development. Prior to that, my background was largely in in sales and marketing. Um, And sort of then went into this space using my skills to generate placement opportunities for Mm. students and just fell in love with it. So sort of ever since then, I've been in either human resources or in the career space in a variety of roles. And I'm really passionate about working with students to help them find their own path um, and help them to kind of take some of the pressure off, (laughs) Um, really. I see a lot of students um, day in, day out where, you know, a career is a big deal and it's very Mm -hmm. overwhelming and can be very scary. 
And so I guess what brings me a lot of joy is sort of helping them to, you know, take a little bit yeah. of a step back and um, and understand that it's okay not to know where it is you're going right this second. Mm-hmm. Career is a journey and I, I love supporting students on that journey. That is amazing. And can you relate to a lot of your students? Did you often struggle with your own career and your journey and that big overwhelming question of what in the world am I supposed to do with my life? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm someone who has a lot of interests. So mm-hmm. I was not one of those people that woke up one day and was like, you know, definitely this is what I want to do. In high school, I sort of thought I had an idea and then you get to the university and it all sort of changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, from there, I found it really difficult to pick my direction. And what I actually worked out that I loved is I love work and I loved researching careers Mm -hmm. and finding out different pathways and so it sort of led me led me to this um that sort of that journey um discovering lots and lots of different areas of where you could end up and that being something that I just absolutely love that's Um, really I can definitely relate to going on that (laughs) windy windy road of, of figuring it all out so And I'm sure that you provide a lot of comfort to the students in that way because you were like, I've been through where you are and I maybe (laughs) to a degree, I mean, I can't speak for you, through the other side. And I feel like them even knowing that you found a career you love would help them know that there's something out there for me if I just keep, keep looking, keep searching and take some of the pressure off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what one of the things that I tell students a lot, because most people seem to think they're the only ones, everyone Mm -hmm. else has it all figured out. (laughs) Everybody um, knows what they want to do. And I'm the only one sitting here struggling when there's actually some research done in America. And it's only like 20% of young people have have a clear idea of what they want to do with their career and a clear purpose. 80% don't. So it's really the majority (laughs) who haven't got that clear idea yet. So that's okay. Like, you know, if you see a couple that do, you know, that's that's great. But definitely it's not the the most common, you know. Yeah, so... I'd be interested to know your thoughts and maybe maybe you don't know because it's such a kind of a big question, but what what messages are being said in our education systems and our world that makes people think that they're the only one that doesn't have it together? So sure, like surely through high schools, the messages of what teachers or people are saying has to change for people to realize actually 80% don't know what they're doing. So one, how can we help those 80% know what they're doing? And two, how can we help those 80% not know that they're alone. I don't really know if there was a question in there, but I think you might know where I'm heading. Just kind of yeah, 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 absolutely. Definitely know where, where you're heading. And I think the reality is it, it, the messages that come from our teachers or our parents, mm. you know, generally speaking, they're all coming from a place of love yeah. and wanting to see us do the best that we possibly can and to see us heading towards a direction. And, you know, it's um, generally it's more about them wanting something for us and wanting to see us somewhere safe and secure and um and you know so it's always coming from a place of love but um a saying that I I absolutely love is don't shoot all over your kids (laughs) (laughs) so saying you know you should be doing this you should be doing that it's something that parents teachers you know careers advisors we often will will use that a lot and tell people what we think they should be doing Mm -hmm. in in their lives um, and even though it comes from a place of, 
of care a lot of the time. Mm. We need to give people space to be who they are, they are and to go on that journey themselves. Um, yeah. The more, you know, we can obviously be supportive and, and helpful, but everybody is going to come to their, you know, their what they're meant to do mm. in their own time. Obviously, there's services like careers um, where you can be supported to explore and, you know, that's a big part of what my role is, is how can I help you to explore the areas that yes. spark yeah. curiosity in you um, so you can find it quicker. Um, but, yeah, knowing that people have to find that answer themselves and unfortunately no one else can do the work for them yeah. don't we wish <laughs> as much as as much as parents mm. would love to figure it out for their kids um they'll they'll have to get to that that yeah. place on their own you know and well, same with teachers you yes. know they want to see you succeed so badly mm. but ultimately you know you as an individual you need to figure that out yourself um and I think when you've got a lot of pressures on, you know, in high-performing schools to get particular outcomes, so like university entryways, mm-hmm. pathways, like a lot of schools, um, that makes them very appealing for yeah. parents to send their kids to because this gives students options. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the pressures might not necessarily be about self-exploration and self-understanding, um, be more about generating particular outcomes. Yeah. No, definitely I've experienced that and I can see how that's common around the place. But, yeah, you yeah. answered my non-question question very, very well. I was sitting yeah, here very hopefully minutes. I got all the elements yeah, there. No, you did, you did. And right. I love that saying. I feel like I'm definitely going to remember that one. And I don't know I don't know how often I could say that to different people, but at least it'll be in the back yeah. of my mind. I like yeah. that. And don't shoot all over yourself as well, I think, as part yeah. of it. And I, um, Absolutely. something that I've experienced within my own life and amongst my friends is, we always thought, for example, we wanted to be a teacher. And then we get to year 11, we get to year 12, where we're starting to make those decisions about our future. And we realize we kind of don't want to be a teacher anymore. But to a degree, we feel like we have to keep on doing what we always thought we would do or always said we would do, because otherwise, are we letting our old self down? Or have we actually changed? And I think it can be hard to let yourself imagine a different future and you can feel like you're giving up on an old dream. And in that case, you kind of should all over yourself as well. Well, I should be a teacher if that's always what I wanted to do and always what I've told people. And again, it's not really a question, but it kind of is, what would you say to those people who suddenly realize that what they want is quite different than what they always said they would want and they always thought they would want to do? Absolutely. And that's another thing that's quite common. And that was actually something I personally experienced. I spent a lot of time thinking my career was going in one direction. Um, And then, you know, I got to a point and it wasn't what I wanted. But because I built so much of my identity around this is where I'm going, this is what I'm going to do, it took me a moment to... To, to take that step back and and I I went through a process of trying out a whole bunch of different things because I didn't have something else in mind. That mm-hmm. was the only thing I'd ever thought about. Um, so, you know, firstly I'd tell them, you know, you're not alone. It's very mm-hmm. common. It happens a lot at university because you learn so much about who you are when you're engaging in new activities, mm-hmm. meeting new people. Um, you know, you grow so much mm-hmm. during that 
that period or even when you're not at university and you're just being an adult, you know, for the first time, um, you know, you're not alone. Absolutely don't get caught up on should. Should for me is always a red flag word if you find yourself saying that. You don't owe anyone anything Mm -hmm. in that sense. You know, you don't owe your past self that. You know, you can be grateful to your past self for who they've led you to be. and kind of grieve that that future mm-hmm. if that's what you need to do. But knowing that you've got many, many futures and many lives you could live and be happy. It's about making the choice about the life that you choose to live with the one life you have. Does that make that sense? makes so much sense. And I was probably just Sorry. gonna sit in silence for a few seconds because I was like, that is genuinely really, really beautiful and encouraging. And I think I mean, I, if you, if I had heard that two months ago, I know that would have brought me so much comfort and peace. And for other people that are sitting in that boat now, I know that they will be really encouraged by that. So thank you for sharing that. And I feel like you could write a book that way you speak and your English is beautiful. Oh, <laughs> so, thank you. So, I have to say like that, that's something that I really love. And I actually have borrowed that from, um, if anyone is looking for a book to read, mm-hmm. Designing Your Life, um, it, it's an awesome book for anyone who is going through a career exploration journey just going to do a bit of a spruik to that mm-hmm. um, but it is really about looking at your life holistically when you're considering career think about what are all the elements in your life whether it's you know health play love you know and work mm-hmm. what how you balance them all so you know when we're young we don't often think about the other the other bits Mm. you know and we're not necessarily encouraged to at school either um because you know it's all about the job (laughs) no that's really cool that's a good good shout out to the book I feel like that should be the year 12 English requirement to read that instead of something else but but kind of on that I had written it down I wrote down um, long-term question mark, question mark. And basically what I was thinking about that is to what degree should students and people think super long-term about their career? And again, I'll bring it a little bit back to myself, but I had originally thought that I would be a paramedic and that was something that I had clung to. But I realized this year, I was, I was kind of looking ahead at my life and thinking more in the long-term mm. and sustainability wise. I realized and I had to tell myself that that would be something that would burn me out and wouldn't be sustainable in the long term. And so instead, I started thinking about careers that would be sustainable in the long term, things that would work in with my love for travel or my desire to have a family and things like that. But then I also felt a little bit stupid as a 17 year old to be thinking about kids or where I want to live when I'm 40 when I decide my first career out of high school. So I guess my question for you in that sense is to what degree should people be thinking long-term? Because in some ways it's healthy, but in some ways it might add more pressure and you never know what the future brings. So I guess just, yeah, to what degree should be people be thinking long-term about their career goals and the course that they choose to do? Absolutely. I think it's important to think about you know, about your life holistically and considering both in short term and long term, what are the elements that you want? But as you said, things change. So it's important to stay flexible with that. And um, most and recognize that, you know, most people will change careers many times um, in their lives these days. I think, um, you know, last stat that I saw, it was most 
people of this generation are going to change careers about seven times and change jobs or organizations like 17 times or something like that so it's like there's a lot of change that's going to happen you know in your life and in Mm -hmm. your career um so remaining flexible um with that and knowing that whenever you do any job you're also training up for like 13 other jobs so even if you are in a job where you're like actually this doesn't fit in now with my with my goals to have a family Mm -hmm. you know you still have the ability to whatever that career path is use the skills and pivot into something later that you know is more suitable to the the life space that you're in at that point if that makes sense yeah that definitely makes sense consider it keep it in mind but recognize that you know things will change and you know what are the skills that will put you in a position to be able to move um Mm -hmm. and create that space that that career that you want and that be in that area of work that is suitable for that that time of life Mm -hmm. um but even when you're thinking about your life more holistically it's like do you want to play soccer while you you know on a soccer team (laughs) in addition to kids and all that Mm -hmm. other stuff but if you want to be on a regular soccer team where you're at training once a week you can't be at a job it will job that involves a lot of travel it's going to make that difficult Mm -hmm. and so it's also thinking about those kinds of things as well and how often do you work through those kind of questions with your students or is it more kind of just short term what yeah yeah I do get a lot of students who don't necessarily think about the long term um and that's probably something that we try and encourage them to do is to every now and then take a moment and think about, okay, so how does this fit into the broader plan? Um, particularly because a lot of people will come in with very directed career ideas of working in a particular space, yeah. but it's like, but they don't necessarily understand what that space involves. It, that might be, you know, again, that a mum or a teacher or mm-hmm. a lecturer has said that this is a good pathway so they follow it without mm. necessarily taking a step back and going, is this the right pathway for me? Yeah. You know, and it might be. It might be the perfect pathway for them. But just, you know, asking why mm-hmm. is always a good good starting point, I find, with students. Why is that an area of interest? Yes. And the number of times students don't have an answer to that question is is very significant yeah wow you know and so it's just like you know it's fine to not know now but if you're going to dedicate x number of years have a think about why it is that that's the thing you want to do you know just to make sure you are Mm -hmm. doing it because you want to do it not because somebody's told you you should or you think that's what's expected of you no it definitely makes sense and I feel like again to anyone listening it's good to them maybe just pause this for a few seconds and ask yourself that same question well why do I actually want to do this or why do I actually want to head into that area I think that's a useful question for anyone to ask and so often I've again I've seen in my own life that you get so obsessed or spend so much time and energy working towards getting to where you want to be you don't stop and think about if that's even where you want to be going in the first place 
Yeah, absolutely. And then if you're like, actually, this isn't right for me, but what appealed to me is, for example, with you with paramedicine, mm-hmm. like you obviously want to make an impact where you're helping people. You know, think if that's your motivating factor, what are some different ways you can make that same kind of impact? you know, yeah. something that you see as more sustainable. Exactly. So I have I have now shifted it to nursing. Yeah. And that's kind of, and that was the decision that I had to make asking myself those sorts of questions and thinking about, well, what, yeah, what's more healthy? What's more sustainable? What's something that's really transferable? All of these things. And even what we were saying before, I did then mourn, mourn that and grieve the career that yeah. I could have. And I think part of us feels like, we almost have to prove that we can do something or prove that we're capable. I wanted to prove that I was capable of being a paramedic, even though I knew it would destroy me. And I just realized that's that's not, and I mean, this is relevant to people in whole different fields. Maybe they want to prove that they can be a lawyer or prove that they can get into medicine, yeah. whether that's really subconscious or not, um, or prove to their parents that they can do a certain thing or follow in someone's footsteps. It's very easy to fall into those traps. And again, maybe part of you does want it because you want to help people, but it's realizing actually for me now and in the long term, what do I want and how can I do this in a healthy way? And how can I still have a life outside of my job and be sustainable and enjoy what I'm doing? And so definitely working through all of those questions, it's tough, but so essential. And I mean, that's your yeah. job. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. So for people who don't go to a university or aren't involved in the education system so far, what's a way that they could get in contact with a career advisor and help work through some of these questions outside of a specific institution? So there's lots of um, online resources which are available, um, including um, job skills, um, my future, uh, which do have a lot of prompting information and they even have online quizzes, which are really great for reflection. Um, Any online quizzes, I always do this disclaimer, do not take them as if you get accountant as your top career. That does not mean you have to be an accountant. It's just something that you can think about and reflect on, Um, you know. um, But there's lots of good resources um, online. Um, and I can give you the link so you can pop them wherever Perfect. you yeah. need in the, to. In the description. Um, in, the, in the description. Yeah. Um, and there, there's some really good, um, which are available nationally. Um, in terms of other sort of more one-to-one, it's very state-based um, mm-hmm. in terms of what is offered. Um, there are also some not-for-profits which um, offer careers advice um to different cohorts um there's in particular there's been one i think it's called disrupted um which is was created for basically due to covid um it popped up with lots of people's career paths being disrupted and there was a definite need so a lot of um, careers advisors are volunteering their time through this not-for-profit to support people to navigate their career path during a disrupted time of of history basically Um, so that's a really good resource um, as well um, that anybody can utilize yeah there is lots of help available you just gotta kind of know where to look for it 
And also on that note, if someone does want help or does want to speak to a career advisor, whether they're part of an institution or not, and they're feeling nervous or they don't want to admit they need help or they don't want to talk about, talk about the fact they don't know where they're going and those sorts of things, what would you say to that person who wants to seek some advice but is too scared, too nervous? I think the first thing to say is nobody's truly got it 100% figured out. We're all just making our way forward the best we can in this crazy world. And anyone who says that they've got everything 100% figured out is lying. Um, So, you know, it's okay to not have everything figured out. That's definitely the, the first thing I'd say. But, you know, people who do go into careers as a profession um it's because they love helping people they want to support you to achieve your dreams and you know that they're if they're like people like myself who you know the thing that makes me happiest in the world is seeing someone else get where they want to go and and have that that clarity and sense of purpose in their lives so you know the people that go into these professions are lovely people, supportive people, they're there to help um, and they want to help, you know, it's their job and they love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, hope, hopefully don't feel afraid. You're going into a safe space um, and it really is okay to, to ask for help because, yeah, nobody's got it 100% figured out and we get our best ideas by engaging with others, mm-hmm. by collaborating, you know, bouncing ideas of other people um, and particularly a careers advisor who's someone who has, you know, a knowledge of jobs you may never have even considered yeah. because of new jobs appearing every single day mm-hmm. um, that didn't previously exist. So, yeah. Love so. that. Well, I hope that there's someone out there who is encouraged and now has the confidence to go and put their hand up a little bit, ask for someone to talk through and chat through what their future looks like. But I want to chat about what she said at the very end of that, how there are more and more jobs and so many new things popping up. I think this is something that is obviously we're very fortunate to have so many options, but I think that that can be part of the issue because even just our parents had maybe five, 10 options available to them. Our grandparents, if they were a female, could be a teacher or a nurse. And now suddenly there's 200 plus 2000 options for us. And I think that might be a root and a cause of a lot of the anxiety. And so I guess just have you noticed changes even within the past few years of the way that there being so many options has impacted people? Oh, absolutely. Um, Although I don't think it's necessarily new. I think that um, choice overload is just something that, you know, as humans we struggle with all the time obviously Mm -hmm. there are lots and lots of choices um available now and there'll continue being lots and lots of choices um but I'm sure back in the day our parents still were like oh my god I have you know these Mm -hmm. these many choices um of things to to choose from I think it's just when we have lots of choice um and lots of pathways you know the more obviously the worse it gets but the the biggest thing for that managing that choice overload is narrowing things down, trying to reduce your number of choices mm-hmm. as much as possible. So, if, you know, coming down and going, okay, well, I know I want to help people. So what are some of the helping professions? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I know um, I want to help people in a medical way. Maybe I'm really good at 
biology or, you know, there were subjects in school that I really liked, you know, or, you know, no, I hated biology. I was terrible <laughs> at biology. I want to help them, but not in that way and sort of yeah. being able to cut out um, different things. And once you sort of narrowed it down to a few, how can I test those things out mm-hmm. to see if they're right for me? You know, you don't feel you have to make a decision straight away again embrace the process embrace the journey I want to go talk to someone find out what it's like to to be um a teacher you know what does that look like I mean yes they get three months off at the end of the year but what does that look like in a day-to-day you know that's Um, very cool and just have those conversations and if you're like nope that's not for me that's okay cross it off the list Mm -hmm. and try something else and you know you've learned more about yourself and what you do and don't want from that process so just trying to break it down reduce your number of choices Mm -hmm. um and know if you make a bad choice it's not the end of the world you know you'll have learned from that experience and be able to take that with you as you move forward to, to the next thing. Love it. That makes sense. And it is true when you put it like that, it sounds simple. And I think also if you can sometimes take more of the emotion out of it, which is just taking the pressure off of it and think of it yeah. in that kind of logical way, that that does seem a lot easier. But kind of on a similar note, a similar point, if someone was maybe 60 or 70 or 80% sure, for example, they wanted to do nursing, should mm. do you recommend them starting that degree with the kind of potentially expecting to change it if they don't enjoy it? Or would you recommend them having a gap year, taking some time off and thinking about it more before they go into a degree? I think it depends on the the person, you know, um, and how they prefer to learn and make decisions. You know, some people would like to go in a lot more confident and some others are more comfortable you know, being a bit more flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it largely would what's the right choice comes down to who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally went the route of enrolling in something and then changing. Yeah. Um, and I learned something from each of those courses that I have taken with me to anything I've done in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's a waste. And I think that's the most important thing is if you do change, it's not a waste. However, it is... There is a cost involved. There is a financial cost <laughs> to going to university um, to be aware of and to be, you know, don't want to rush in. If you're, you know, if you're down towards 60%, um, you know, maybe take a breath. Mm. But at the same time, there is, I would probably try and do something in the middle um, yeah. and start having conversations with people in that, that profession, you know, maybe see if there's some way you could do a work shadowing situation, which isn't always possible depending on the career path you're looking mm. at. But if you're looking at something office-based, um, you'll probably find that a lot of employers, you know, you might have a an uncle or a friend of the family who's in that space or knows someone who's in that space See if you can just blow them around for a day in their office. See what they do. What does that look like? Does that look like something you want to do? Um, yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> you know, do whatever you can to get as much information to help you feel confident in your decision. 
you know, what is it that's holding you back that 20, 40%? You know, mm. if you can ask yourself those questions um, and then do what you can to find out the information, um, whereas a lot of people will wait and just hope it just comes to them. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in that ethereal light, one one day yeah. someone, I'll be 100% sure yeah. <laughs> and I'll know that this is... I'll just sit and I'll mm-hmm. keep going on my day-to-day life. And come and to me in a dream. Me. Yeah. No. Yes. That <laughs> doesn't <all>. happen. <laughs> so if you take the time, maybe delay start your uni or things like that, make sure you're doing things to to find out whether or not that is the right pathway. Yeah. Or starting a course and knowing that there's a census date. Yes. And which is when you can withdraw without any academic or financial penalty Mm. is really important because if you start something and then you go, actually, no, this isn't for me, you can always withdraw before that date Um, and it might give you the the answers you need. Yeah, that's a good point to make, especially this time of year, just before people start to have that in the back of their mind. And I think... Yes, and don't miss that date Yeah, um, because a lot of people will just stop showing up and think that that's, um, you know, that's all they have to do. But no, then you still get charged and it can affect your grades if you don't submit assessment. Great. So just make sure you talk Mm -hmm. to your student support services if if you're having any concerns. And then you can use the career service as well. Yeah. (laughs) Little plug there. (laughs) Love that. Uh, And your thoughts are probably similar surrounding a gap year. I was going to say, what are your thoughts on a gap year? And is it a similar thing? If you're not entirely sure what you do, take a gap year, but use that time to work it out. Or, yeah, just in general, are gap years good? Are they bad? Dependent? What are your thoughts around gap years? Again, I think it's it's very much very individual. I think gap years can be great things. Um, you know, people work really hard in year 11 and 12 and the number of students I've seen who come straight out of high school and are so tired yeah. and then come into uni and they just don't have the energy so even if they're in the right course they're just not in the right headspace after working so hard for such a long period of time to to do uni and to the best of their abilities Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need that break you know Mm -hmm. um and that's okay you know being true to yourself and and knowing what you need and making that that call is I think a really mature thing to do if you know you're just not in the headspace to do it um I think we should be more supportive of students and and young adults to make that that call and not feel that they need to rush straight into it Mm -hmm. um if you're not in that headspace um and you know equally if you're not quite sure but you want to go be proactive and kind of explore and take the time to make sure you're making an informed decision in terms of a career path, you know, that's okay too. Other people want to go straight into study and are in the right headspace to go straight into study and there's no right or wrong pathway for that. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I hope students can take away from, you know, the conversations I have with them is there is no right or wrong you know we have a tendency to go there is one right way to live our life no 
life is messy. It's complicated. You're going to make mistakes. going to make bad choices. We're going to, you know. Um, But as long as you're learning from these experiences and if you take a gap year and go travel or you work or whatever it is that you do in that year, as long as you're learning along the way, nothing's wasted, whatever you choose. Beautiful. There's your second chapter of the book. Ready to go. <laughs> no, that's really, really cool. And again, super encouraging. And I have decided to take a gap year. And it was a lot of those reasons, just knowing that I wasn't in the mental space, but also allowing myself the time to work out and explore different options. And it's funny because basically the second I decided to have a gap year, I started to have a very clear idea of what I did want to do in university. And that was when nursing and yeah. all these things came to me. And I say it's funny, but it actually makes a lot of sense that the second you take that pressure off, you're able to think so much clearer about what you want so if someone out there is considering it I would I'm a huge fan I would definitely say to take that time off even if it's just to take the pressure off even just say you're going to have a gap year that'll take the pressure off and then you'll know what you want to do and you won't need a gap year anymore (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and and that's the thing is like you don't want to make big life-changing decisions when you're super super stressed Mm. you know first thing is that should always be your first priority is your mental health and your well-being. Yeah. You know, if you're if that's not in line, you're not going to be making good decisions. So take the time to look after you so that when you are in a position to make those, like you'll be better equipped to make those decisions about what you want to mm-hmm. do. Love it. And so this question I'm excited to hear. It's very applicable to me, obviously, and a lot of my peers but what is one mindset shift or attitude change that you think students should adapt as they sorry adopt as they transition from high school to uni well um anyone that works with me is probably going to be like oh we know exactly what Sarah's (laughs) going to say so I'm going to be super predictable um in terms of what I always say um and that's just being really curious you know, when you're at high school, largely your learning is directed by teachers. They tell you what it is that you need to learn to do well on the exam and you, you know, you study that mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's largely directed. It has changed a little bit in, with the onset of COVID, which is kind of a good thing for some students in that there's more self-directed learning yes. that's being incorporated into that um, those later years. Um which is actually helping to prepare people for uni. But being able to identify when you want to learn more and when you want to learn dig deeper Mm. is a really important skill. And just coming at everything with curiosity and wanting to understand and wanting to learn more. And, you know, that is definitely something that I encourage everybody to do because then no matter what it is, you're going to learn something from the process Mm -hmm. and you're going to probably take more joy from it as well. Because if you're interested in understanding it, whatever it is, whether it's how to write a resume, whether it's (laughs) your first year subject, if you're coming in curious, um, yeah, it'll be more enjoyable. You'll get more out of it. Um, and it'll probably open up opportunities that you would never have expected Mm -hmm. because you've dug that little bit deeper than just taking it all at surface value. 
That's amazing. Chapter three. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is true though. I I love that word. I feel like that's very clever and a good focus to have. And I feel like people even just having curiosity will open so many doors for themselves and see what the future holds and the world is beautiful around you. And I think that that is a big thing to think about and realize coming out of high school because so many things do open up and it's easier to stay in your little bubble or try to stay the way you've always been but the more you're curious and the more you allow yourself to experience the big blue world that just opened up the more I feel like you learn and get to learn more about yourself as well I love that absolutely there's actually a careers uh, theory and I'm possibly going to use the wrong word but it's called the careers theory of happenstance mm-hmm. which is basically um this theory where you know there is an element of luck but you've got to get good at getting lucky to obtain um career opportunities yeah. so like so many students who'll come to me after and they're like oh I, just, I got my dream job but I was just lucky and it's yeah. like no you weren't lucky like there was an element of luck you created the opportunity for that luck to occur by being curious and putting yourself out there and exploring new things and being part of different circles and putting I guess telling Mm -hmm. people what you want and letting and then all of a sudden you get lucky whereas people who don't engage and don't explore and don't they tend to not get lucky um because you know it's because there wasn't the circumstances created for luck to occur so I always encourage people get good at getting lucky um, by creating your own opportunity for that that Mm. luck I guess that's really cool I feel like I think I've heard that quote uh, luck is where skill meets opportunity okay sorry it's Talia here editing the actual saying is Luck is where preparation meets opportunity, which makes more sense than skill. Anyway, I just wanted to add that and back to the episode. I think that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, it is to a degree luck, opportunity, but you kind of need to put yourself in the situations to have the opportunities and to be prepared when those opportunities do arise and all of those factors. I like that a lot. Exactly. And to be able to see that it's an opportunity as well. Like a lot of people get opportunities but don't recognize them and don't take them when they mm-hmm. arise that's a good point because yes. they weren't curious enough to see them and look exactly. at <laughs> all ties together but kind of on that note of being prepared and looking for opportunities how much does employability get talked about in terms of making sure you're doing volunteering or different work experience and things like that and what would you how would you speak to those things or what should students know more about volunteering and work experience and just overall employability? Oh, uh, like it's everything, um, mm-hmm. a degree or, you know, a TAFE course or any sort of education that you can get, um, you know, without also having the employability side, you know, it's they're all tickets to entry, but, you know, and necessary for as many different career pathways, but, um, you know, it's not enough on its own. Um, These days employers are recognising largely that, like, grade point average is not a true indicator of work Mm. performance. Um, Instead, they're looking for these other examples of, you know, your ability to work hard, your ability to work with people, your ability to communicate. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have stories to tell about, times where you've done these things makes it really hard for them to evaluate your skills in that way um 
So, you know, making, whether it's volunteering for a not-for-profit, whether it's, you know, getting involved in a, a sport team as their, you know, manager, mm-hmm. whether it's um, doing work experience, you know, making sure that you're engaging in things outside of the things you have to do as part of your course is really important. Um, not only does it just make uni more enjoyable, yeah, <laughs> um, but it also gets you to test whether or not you are in a space that you want to be in. So, you know, you might go into an office and go, oh, okay, this isn't the right environment for me. Mm-hmm. I've actually decided I want to use my degree or my skills in a different way. So it gives you more information. It gives you the opportunity to build skills and be competitive at the end of your degree because they'll be able to see without doubt that you have what it takes to do that job. Um, And it will mean that your learning gap between stepping out of uni and into that that first job will be smaller. (laughs) So it'll be less (laughs) stressful for you at the end of the day um, if, you know, you've developed some skills so you're not starting from zero um, when you start otherwise it can be a big jump yeah. so it's very, very important um and yeah as i said it makes it just a lot more fun yeah, <laughs> if you're cool. getting involved and doing doing things along the way mm-hmm. so to someone out there who wants to do work experience or volunteering but doesn't even know where to begin to look or how to apply or how to reach out to a company and ask for that where should they begin that process where should they look how should they discover where they do even want to do work experience or volunteer, et cetera? Um, obviously, the first thing I'm going to say is if you're at a uni, I would definitely say talk to your career service and they mm. can help you get started. Yeah. Um, if you're not at a uni, if you're looking for volunteering opportunities, Volunteering Queensland is a really great uh, okay. place to start. They've got an amazing website which houses all of the opportunities in Queensland uh, for volunteering. Um and you can filter by, you know, finance yes, or um, marketing, whatever the area is you're interested in volunteering or if you event-based, you know, anything that you could possibly mm-hmm. want, you can find on Volunteering Queensland. Um, so that's a really good place to start. If you're in Queensland, Seek Volunteering is another really good, good platform for volunteering opportunities. In terms of work experience, um, a lot of the big organisations promote through places like Grad Connection, which is a website okay. specifically for uni students um, to offer internship programs or um, or graduate programs. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good place to start. But a lot of people do unstructured grad work experience as well. And yeah. so that's... Really just, again, about having a conversation with someone. Um, And I'm a real believer in look at your networks. Mm -hmm. That's a really good place to start. Mm -hmm. You've probably got, as I said, an uncle or a um, friend of the family or your sister's best friend's cousin who (laughs) works in that space. And you could just be like, hey, look, I really want to learn and and find a bit more about it you know you might not start out by asking for work experience straight away but you know most people are pretty happy to chat to you about you know their experience in a field and especially if you're like you do exactly what I want to do with my life it makes people feel pretty good Mm, and they're like oh yeah I'm really great (laughs) um so and they'll happily tell you their story 
Mm. Um, and then from there, if an opportunity arises, they're going to be like, oh, I remember that 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 kid sister of yeah. my boyfriend who was really keen and asked great questions and, you know, we've got a work experience opportunity. I'm going to let them know. And then, you know, they'll let, let you know when opportunities come up. Mm-hmm. Or you could ask them, is there anyone else that you could speak to or do you have any recommendations of how I could get started in this area because I really want to build experience? And they might be like, well, we don't have anything right now, but Joe blogs down the road. They actually just mentioned that they were about to start looking for a work experience student or an entry-level role for a receptionist in the space or whatever the opportunity is. But the more conversations you can have with people, the more likely it is you're going to come across those opportunities, Mm. um, particularly those unstructured work experience opportunities. Mm. Um, And, yeah, that's really probably one of the best best ways to go about it if you're not, whereas if you're looking at more your bigger organisations with the more structured graduate programs, they have very specific opening Time. So they'll often start recruiting for their summer vacation programs in February of oh, wow. the year before. So just being aware of those dates, keeping track of those mm. websites like Grad Connection um, and just making sure you're applying for opportunities that come up. Sounds perfect. That was a great great overview I can tell that you're a career careers advisor Um, (laughs) but I feel like we have covered a lot of things and I don't have any other questions so I just wanted to open it up to you if there was something that you don't think we had touched on and you wanted to say or speak a little bit about good question we have covered a yeah there doesn't have to be anything (laughs) you've been amazing um I'm glad I'm glad I can be helpful um Yeah, I guess I would just say um, to students, like obviously I work in the university sector, so Mm -hmm. my knowledge is primarily around that space. But if you are starting university, engage with your career service as early as possible. Now, each university is slightly different in what model they have in terms of career support, but there will be career support available to you and, you know, make the most of of what is there. Um, A lot of universities will have work experience program where they will, you know, support you to gain placements or work integrated learning subjects where one of your subjects can actually be a work experience um, program. So instead of doing classes, you do work experience. Um, So just look out for those kinds of things. You know, they do global exchanges, all sorts of different, you know, cool things that enrich your lives (laughs) and obviously then gives you stories to tell Mm -hmm. on your resume or in an interview as well. And it all ties back to your full circle, curiosity, (laughs) opportunity, getting involved, asking questions. (laughs) Exactly. All the things. Um, But just, you know, make sure that you know that, there are always there's always a pathway Mm. so if you're like I didn't get the grades I want or there's always a pathway to any career it doesn't always come in a straight line Um, in fact most careers these days won't be a straight line 
and that's okay. And maybe by taking the detour, you're learning the things that you need to learn to be really good mm. at that job. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's okay. Love it's it. all okay. <laughs> There's one takeaway from this episode. Journey. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Instead of a straight line, it's a roller coaster, which is more fun anyway. Exactly. <laughs> love exactly. That. Well, then, just to conclude, I always like to ask if you could go back and give your 15-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Good question. Yeah, it's another um, big one. <laughs> um, I guess probably just the same messages that I've been saying now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't figure out these things straight away (laughs) it took time um so you know it will be okay and whatever happens in life you'll learn from it and move forward and you know it'll make you into who you are and love that you know love Mm -hmm. the challenges love the things that go well you know that Mm -hmm. that makes you who you are Beautiful. Well, thank you genuinely so, so much for this afternoon. I have loved it. So even if no one else gets anything out of it, selfishly, I enjoyed it. (laughs) But no, I am convinced that a lot of people will feel very seen and heard by this episode. So thank you for your time and thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and what will one day be your book. We got an inside view (laughs) into that, but no, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Wow, wow, wow. So that truly was a special conversation. I really hope you all enjoyed and that you left feeling like you have a little bit more of a sense of direction, a little bit more, a clearer vision of where you're heading over the next few weeks or even just the next few days. Maybe you've left with some questions that you jotted down and you need to ask yourself. And if you did, and if there were some questions that you were raised that you think you need to find an answer to, I really encourage you to take some time out, maybe visit a cute little cafe by yourself and answer those questions and just invest in yourself, invest in your future, invest in your career and just really intentionally answer those questions and try to work out where you're heading. But this episode is long enough and beautiful enough and full of enough wisdom already, so I don't need to say anything else. But I sincerely hope you did enjoy this um, interview. Thank you so much once again to Sarah. And if you did enjoy it, I highly encourage you to share it with anyone you know, because I do believe that this conversation can help people no matter what stage they are in their career or their job or their high school experience or their uni experience. Like I said at the start, I think this episode is for anyone anywhere who doesn't have a complete 100% idea of where they're heading and I think that that applies to basically everyone so highly encourage you to just quickly send this to someone that you know and make their day a little bit brighter as well even just because you thought of them that'll make them smile without further ado though I will say goodbye but you can follow along at good luck underscore charlie pod if you want more encouragement more inspiration if you want the chance to ask your own questions out of guests and a whole range of other things otherwise that is all for today have a great week have a great o week if this is when you're listening and I hope you enjoy the next few weeks of your life you're amazing and you are loved and good luck charlie bye you guys good luck charlie